Hi there. You're listening to the Cary Church Podcast. We at Cary seek to be flourishing communities of hope, transformed by God's love, following Jesus and serving in God's world. To find out more on how to connect with us, go to cary.asn.au. Good morning, church. I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. It's so good to be with you all this morning. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and we praise you for this amazing um, time that we have together. Thank you for the privilege, Father God, that we can gather in a new year together as your disciples. Father God, I thank you and I praise you, Father God, for um, just the time that we could worship together. Thank you for Glenn that led us. Father God, and we just praise you and we thank you. We pray now, Father God, in these next few moments that as we look at your word, that, Father God, you would open our minds and hearts to what you have to say. I thank you and I pray that you may increase and that I may decrease in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Happy New Year, everyone. It's so good to be here and God bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace into 2021 and throughout 2021. Um, I know Pastor Mark is not here, but I just want to take the time out to say thank you to Pastor Mark for allowing me this opportunity to preach. Um, and especially the first Sunday of the year, it's such a, a, a privilege to, to be and, and share um, today and i know he's out resting down south so i thought you know being a pastor is incredibly hard it's 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 um it's testing on your spiritual life it's testing physically so i think just as a church if we can take the next few moments out and we just pray for pastor mark as he takes the time out to rest and and just energize himself um to get back into ministry when he comes back in a couple of weeks so i think if we could just close our eyes take some time out and in your own words pray and i'll pray as well for him um wherever he may be let's pray Gracious Father, we just thank you so much for your love and goodness. Thank you so much, Father God, for the blessing and the calling that you have on Pastor Mark's life. As he takes time out over these next few weeks to rest, Father God, I pray and I ask, Father God, that your blessing may be upon him, that, Father God, that you may refresh him, his mind, his body, and his spirit, that when he comes back, Father God, to do ministry, to, you, to do your work, to continue to build your kingdom, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll feel, Father God, just well-rested and, and energetic to get back into to, to the work that you have called him to do. I pray for his family as well, dear Lord God. I pray that you would bless his wife, Heather, and his children that support him. And I just pray for the ministry team of um, Kerry as they take time out um, to rest, that when they come back, they'll be full of energy to take on 2021. Um, as you call them to do so, Father God. So we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So clearly, you can see I didn't get off to the right on the right foot um, to the new year. Um, I hurt myself playing soccer last week against the wishes of my wife. So I got home from work and I said, wife, I'm going to go play soccer. She said, I don't think you should. It's like almost the next year. Take a break. You've done it the whole year. And I was like, no, nah, I think I'm going to go. And then, obviously, I went towards the end of the game, twisted my ankle. And then our first thing I thought was like, man, my wife must have cursed me. 
because she said I mustn't go. But anyways, got home and the boys were with me and I was trying to keep her cool and calm and collected. But my boys ran in before me and they delivered the message before I did. And um, they blurted out and you can just imagine what Kay had to say. So church, please pray for me because um, that's a bit of a struggle there, but God is good. Um, the series that we'll be starting, like Jenny has mentioned before, is uh, on Psalms. And this is a fantastic, fantastic um, opportunity for us as a church, I believe, to start off the new year looking at Psalms because Psalms is so awesome. It has so much, there's a lot of wealth of guidance, encouragement, and a challenge for us as disciples of Jesus Christ. And we know that in Ephesians 2, chapter 19, verses 20, it says that Jesus is the cornerstone. So as we look to 2021 and we look to build our lives on the foundation that is Jesus, what better way to start than looking at the Psalms, which is absolutely phenomenal. Alrighty, quiz time. Can anyone tell me, without looking at your Bible, so please no cheating, how many Psalms are there? 150, that's correct. Okay, how many composers are there that we know of? Anyone want to take a guess? Dad, you should know this one, Dad. <laughs> There's seven composers that we know of. King David, obviously, he wrote the majority of them. Anyone want to take a guess how much he wrote? Not 35 guesses. Come on, guys. 80, 70, 73 um, King David wrote, son of Korah wrote 10, Asaphath wrote 12, Solomon wrote 2, Moses. I never actually realized Moses wrote a psalm, but he wrote one psalm, Ethan wrote a psalm, and then there are 50 psalms that are anonymous, but it's thought that Ezra might have written some of these psalms. The psalms, I didn't know this until I looked into the psalms, it was written over 900 um, years of Jewish history. The Bible has 1,189 chapters in the entire Bible. Psalms 117 is the dead center of the Bible. Is the dead is, is the exact middle of the Bible. Psalms 119 is the longest chapter in the entire Bible. That's just some intro for you guys um, this morning. The psalm that I'll be looking at today is Psalms 27. And um, let us read, if you have your Bible, Psalms 27. I think it might be up on the board. Yes. All right. I will start reading. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come up against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumble and fell. Though an army encamp around against me, my heart shall not fear. Though a war may rise against me, in this I'll be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion and in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock and now my head shall be lifted up 
above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in your smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen up against me. And such breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Lord God, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you for that beautiful psalm. And I pray that you just be with us in these next few moments as we go through it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, King David wrote that psalm. And... Um, we don't know for sure at what stage of his life he was in. So he could have been a shepherd, he could have been a king, he could have been somewhere in between, we don't know. But what we do know is that at that particular time he was facing danger. He was facing something that was up against him, an enemy. And so we see in this psalm that it has 14 verses. And um, what we can do this morning is we can break up this 14 verses into three different sections. Three different sections. So verses 1 to 6, this is where David converses with himself about the privileges of knowing God. Verses 7 to 12, this is where David converses with the Lord about the problems that he has. And verses 13 to 14, this is where David converses with himself about the, the, the perseverance that he has. So we can speak about the privileges, problems, and perseverance privileges, problems, and perseverance. So we'll start with the privileges this morning. Okay, so in that first, very first um, verse, um, we see that David refers to God as light, his salvation, his strength. This is a really confident way and a really bold way that that he opens the psalm with. The, dear, the idea of God being light in today's world, I don't think we really grasp that understanding. When I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, the time that we're in now and the time that David was in, light means something totally different. So right now, if I went into the bathroom at the back there but earlier on, and the light automatically just comes on. When I'm at home, the lights are always on. When I'm in my car, I've got lights. When I go out into the street, there's lights. And light is all around us. And so we never think, we never think about it, really. But in the time of David, Light was crucial to their survival. It's not as what we think light is today. A couple of days, probably a week or so ago, um, the most awful thing happened at our house. The lights went off for about four to five hours. And our boys, they've never experienced that, really. So the lights were off. It was still light outside. But as the sun went down, it started getting darker. And then Kay had to put on like candles, and she lit up candles to give us direction and guidance throughout the house. And the boys just, they kept on switching off and on the light. And they thought, like, what is going on here? And I just looked at it, and I thought, man, these kids have no clue 
what, what it is to, to not have electricity. So we take it for granted that we've got light all around us, but light in the time of David would have been crucial to their survival. David traveled a lot, and he was out in caves, and he was traveling a lot out in the desert, and so light was crucial to their survival at night um, for guidance and that sort of thing. So when God when he calls God the light here, it means something so much deeper. The Hebrew word for um, light is pronounced or. W, I'm sorry, O-W-R, or. In the Old Testament, this word light was used 109 times as God being a light. And it has this sort of a meaning. The light of day, the light of heaven, daybreak, dawn, the light of life, the light of prosperity, the light of instruction, the light of Israel. We know that Genesis tells us on the, on the first day, what did God create? Light. We know that God led the Israelites by a cloud of pillar by day and a cloud of fire that produced light in the evening to guide them. And so when, 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 when David says, God is my light, I read over that so many times, just thinking when I hear God is my light, yeah, we know God's my light. But if you think of when he penned that down, what light actually meant in that time in, of history, meant so much more than what we think today. It's so much deeper. It's so much more than, than what we think today. So when we think and we can be confident in this, that we're in a world that has so much darkness, but we know that God's light shines the brightest and he gives us the guidance that, that we need. So, okay, so first thing, God, um, David calls God the light. The second word that David refers to God is salvation. The Hebrew word for salvation here is yesha, and this word is found 35 times in the Old Testament, and 20 of these times are found in the Psalms. This w word refers to safety, welfare, prosperity, and victory. It's different to the, to, to the, the word salvation in the New Testament where it's the Greek definition of Savior. So, this, so yes, David calling God his, his, his safety, his welfare, his victory. And what I thought about this was that the enemy was up against him, Right? But he already said, man, I'm, because God, because of his position of knowing God, he already called himself safe. He already called himself, he had the victory. And so we look at this word salvation and Yesha, we see that David calls God this. And then he goes on to call God his strength. And the Hebrew word for this is koak. This word is used 121 times in the Old Testament and has the meaning of power, um, like physical sort of power, right? And when I picture David, like I picture this good-looking, muscular sort of guy, similar to like like my builder, right? Just kidding. Um, now he's he's a good-looking guy, big, like strong, muscular guy. I think that's the way I picture. And the Bible doesn't really give us too much uh, of the description of him, but one thing we do know, he was a good-looking guy, and I think he's a confident guy. You know that 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 he calls God his strength. And when I was thinking about this. Not just the physical strength, but we know in today's world, mental strength, the mental health issues that we face today in our world, we just have to look at the statistics alone to show the, the suicide rates and the mental health issues that we have is just spiraling out of control. But David calls um, God his strength, his strength, and not, not just physical, but mental strength. And we know that we need to have our minds right. 
if we're going to face the enemy. So Romans 12 chapter, um, Romans chapter 12 verses 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you, um, then you'll be able to, um, to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. All righty. Then he goes on to say, this is just the first, like the very first verse of chapter, I mean, Psalm 27. For the sake of time, I can't go through every single verse, but we'll just touch on, on a few of these things. In the, in the same verse, he says, who shall I fear? And then again, he says, who shall I be afraid? The words in, this, in, in the Hebrew here, they both refer to, that, like he should be dreadful. Like he should be petrified of the enemy, but he's not. And I remember growing up, I grew up in a bit of the rough um, sort of town back in South Africa. And there was always like fights at school and fights wherever we went. And one thing when I read David saying, like, who shall I fear? It reminded me of when, when back in the day when there was like these boys fighting and stuff, there was always one of the kids that would say, do you know who my father is? And this was supposed to like, give you fear or intimidate you like, oh, I, like I'm supposed to be so scared of your dad. But some of these dads were like gangsters and like really, really dodgy guys. And so this gave this guy confidence. And I see this with David. It's like, man, if God's my father, if he's my light, if he's my salvation, if he's my strength, like seriously, who should I fear? And we know that in Paul tells us in Timothy chapter 1, Verse 7, he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so we see this opening verse of, 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 of um, Psalm 27. Man, his position of God, he might have been encamped around enemies, but he was so confident and was so bold that he's like, Man, who shall I fear? And he says it, he says it actually three times in the first few verses. Who shall I fear? It's almost like, man, come on. God's, God's on my side. Who shall I fear? And that's an awesome and a confident place to be. When we have this confidence, we can face any challenge just as David demonstrated here. All righty. Now we're going to skip over a little bit to verses 4. When I read this verse, right? And let me just read it real quick. When I read verses 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I get this picture, right? Like when one of my favorite things to do in the day is when I come home from work on a long day, um, I come in and I love, love, love seeing Jordan, my youngest kid. He's the most excited person um, when I get home. He runs up to me, he jumps on me, he kisses me, and he's just got that excitement that when I'm home, the rest of the family are like, oh, what's up, guys? What's up, Dad? But he is so excited. And I picture this, like this is how David is. Like when, you, when he says those words that um, he wants to dwell in the house and behold the beauty of God, it's just like, man, you are so excited. It's almost that picture of like a little kid just being so excited knowing his dad is coming home. As we look to another year, let it be our prayer that our love for God may be demonstrated like this that we may desire to be with him and resemble that of a little child excited to see his dad. The word inquire there, when he says inquire in his temple, it means to find out 
that consistent fellowship with God. It's the word bakar in, in Hebrew. And it means that he just wants to be in God's presence all the time. And I often wonder about myself and I think, man, David had this, this absolute desire and love to be with God all the time. And I often think, man, do I have that same desire? Do I see that other people, they just want to be with God. Like nothing else really matters, but they want to be with God. They wake up early in the morning and, and they want to spend their whole day with God. And it's a challenge to me. Alrighty, so we've spoken about the privileges and the way how David sees God, and we know that he sees him as his light, as his salvation, as his strength. And now we're going to move on to how um, David speaks about his problems. So in verses 7 to 12, this is where now David stops talking to himself, and he starts talking to God about his problems. And he's quite detailed in what he says there. He says that his father and mother... Are leaving him. He talks about false witnesses rising up against him and enemies encamping around him. And undoubtedly, in 2021, we will face some sh sh sort of challenge in some shape or form. But let us be like um, David and actually speak out those, those problems to God. So often, I think, as you know, so many of us in this room, but we never really tell each other, for one, our problems. We would rather keep it secret, keep it in our box, and just never tell anyone. And so often that translates into our relationship with God, where we just come to God and we thank you for the stuff we have, but we never really pour out our hearts to God and say, Lord, this is... And, and you see it throughout the Psalms. Throughout the Psalms, you see that it's this task between lamenting, praising, and worshiping. Lamenting, praising, and worshiping. And so you see it with David. This confident man, this man that loved God, he pours out his heart. And I know men do not love sharing their emotions and stuff. But man, let's take out a page of David's life where he just shared it so freely. And thank God for, for the 73 um, Psalms that he writes. Okay, verses 13 to 14. This is where um, David now moves into the perseverance stage. And verses 14 in particular, where he says... Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. Twice in one verse, he talks about waiting. We know that waiting is becoming, and, and patience is becoming increasingly dying um, art in today's culture. We have become so used to having everything like right now. If you think of some examples, think of instant coffee. Like seriously, you have a coffee in a little bag, you chuck it in. Pour some water. You don't even need milk anymore. It's, it's instant. Two-minute noodles. You put it in for one minute and it's done. All right? We have things like Netflix. Now, I remember when growing up, it took us months, probably a year or two, to finish a series. Now, because you have Netflix, all you need is one sickie, and then you can rock the whole season. Right? And we get upset if we have to wait a couple of weeks or a couple of months for the next um, season to come out. It's just everything needs to happen. Now, communication... I mean, we communicate faster um, than any time in, in history. We can communicate with people around the world just like that. And when we send messages or emails and it doesn't get answered within an hour, we start, our minds start going, like, what have I done wrong? Right? Like, oh, my word, what? Have I upset this person? What's going on? Um, and even 
calling. Like if someone doesn't pick up a call in the first three, four rings, I hang up. I'm like, man, what's up with this person? They've got their smartwatches. They've got all these gadgets. They're not picking up. There must be a problem. We just become so impatient. Things like Uber. Like right now, I can get an Uber within 10 minutes to take me anywhere in Perth. Everything happens so quickly, and there's so much that contributes to us things having faster, which is really good, like the medical world. Things are so much quicker now um, in, that, in that sense that it benefits us. But I truly believe as a culture, we are becoming so, so impatient, so, so impatient, and that is uh, unfortunately a negative impact on even our relationships with each other. We are so sure, like we just don't have patience for each other. When we come to each other and we talk about, you know, um, issues and stuff, people just don't have patience. And we see it with young people as well. They don't wait for marriage. They go straight in living with each other, straight doing the wrong thing. And they just don't want to wait for, for that anymore. It's, it's becoming an issue in our culture today. When David speaks about waiting here, it's, it's the Hebrew word kavah. And this has the idea and the definition of waiting with the expectation of with hope, right? It's waiting eagerly. It's like, has that picture when it's coming to Christmas, and I've seen it with our kids, that they know their birthday is coming, they know Christmas is coming, and so they start waiting now, but they start waiting with that joy, like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get my 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 sneakers or I can't wait to get Black Panther that Jordan's been waiting for for so long. It's a different sort of wait. It's not waiting with a negative attitude. It's not waiting with like mumbling and talk and, and just complaining while you wait. It's waiting with the right attitude, with a hope. And so we see this. Um, he reminds us twice to wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord and wait with a good, a good attitude. When Pastor Mark asked me in September to preach this message, I was really, really excited. And when he asked me to preach on Psalms, I thought, man, awesome. There's so many Psalms to choose from. And I was so excited to do so. But as I spent time with God, I knew that I needed to share Psalms 27 with you all today. And to make it more personal, in 2017, around about November, December, um, was probably one of the hardest times of my life when I felt a lot like David. When I read this psalm, it felt as though the enemy was coming up against me. It felt as though like they were, they were like, like he says, they were eating up at my flesh. And there was false witnesses. There was false things up against me. And I just felt this overwhelming feeling like, man, the enemy is like, is really out to attack me. And, um, if it wasn't for Kay and, and our friends that were with me to, to support me, um, it would have been so much harder. But I remember spending time with God, and he, and he showed me two Psalms, Psalms 23 and Psalms 27. And he said to me that I should read out these Psalms every day out aloud so I could hear it, and I could feel it, and I could speak it into the atmosphere. And I did this for about probably a month, a month and a half, every day. Psalms 23, Psalms 27. And I continue to, to share these, um, to, to speak it out, to speak it out. And um, it, was, it was this point that when God led me to um, Psalms 27, verses 13, I would have lost heart 
unless I had believed that I would not I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and ye shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And I'll never forget the day when everything like just subsided. I went for a breakfast with my friend and I was driving back home and I just felt the peace of God come upon me. It was like he was my light, he was my salvation, he was my strength in that moment. And as I felt the enemy coming up against me, I felt that saying, it's like, man, why should I fear? Why should I fear when God is with me? And I felt on the journey home, I felt like God saying to me, today's the day, it's going to be all over. And sure enough, as I got home, um, a little bit later on, everything was subsided. And I saw that verse come to life. David penned this like thousands and thousands of years ago, but it came alive to me when, it's, when he says, surely I'll see the, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And man, this, 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 this verse is so dear to me because it became alive. So many times you read scripture and it's just, you're reading it and, and, and you, you know, it doesn't mean anything. But man, when you confess it, when you believe and when it becomes alive, it just impacts your heart and mind and soul. And so my encouragement to you today is 2021, we don't know what's going to happen. But we know that when, when problems and issues comes, what can we do? We can learn from this psalm. What can we learn? We can learn that we, we are so privileged to know God. What does God mean to you? As David writes there and pens those words down, that he's our light, he's our salvation, and he's our strength. When problems come our way, what's the first thing that we're going to do? We're going to confess the privilege of knowing God and who he is in our lives. The next thing is God wants us, like his children, to confess our problems. Like if we have issues, come to him and tell him our problems just like what David did. And then finally is persevere persevere through whatever issue you may come through and undoubtedly there will be issues in some way shape or form but let's take heart and let's look at David's life he persevered and he says wait on the answer of God don't wait with that negative attitude wait with that expectation and that hope that God's going to come through and when he comes through man there's nothing like it I promise you, when he comes through for you, there's nothing like it. And I'm sure many of us here today, God has come through for you. And what David does here, is, does here, he remembers the time that God's pulled you through situations. And that for 2021, let us hold on to those three things. Let us hold on to our privileges. Let's speak out our problems. And let us confess our, 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 our perseverance through the word of God. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we just thank you and we praise you so much. Thank you, Lord God, that when I was going through a tough time, Father God, this Psalm and Psalm 23 took me through that difficult, difficult situation in my life. And I thank you, Father God, that uh, you blessed David and you anointed David to pen down so many beautiful psalms that, Father God, as we read it now, thousands of years later, that, Father God, we can stand firm on those words. We thank you, God, for your goodness and your glory. And we thank you, Father God, for, uh, for sustaining us through 2020, Father God, and into 2021. And we pray, Father God, as a church and as disciples of Jesus Christ, that your anointing will be upon us. That, Father God, like David says, that you are our light. That I pray, Father God, that as you led the Israelites out of, 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 
Egypt, Father God, by, by light. I pray that you lead us, Father God, through light. Thank you, Lord God, that you are our safety and that you are our victory. The, that the position that we have now, knowing you, that no matter what enemy comes our way, we know that we have the victory. We know that we are safe because of our relationship with you. Thank you, Lord God, that you are our strength. And in a time and in a world where we need mental and physical strength, Father God, I thank you that you can renew our minds. That, Father God, that your power and your Holy Spirit can just bless us and just infuse us for this next year, Lord God. We thank you. We, pr uh, we, we give you all the glory and we just praise your holy name. Amen.